Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast by Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. Letting go of your wedding rings can be a very difficult decision to make after a divorce. After all, these rings have represented a life you thought you'd live forever. They've held memories of the years that you've lived, laughs you've created, and tears that you've cried. There comes a point, though, where letting go of the past is actually a necessary step in service of your future. A future that's filled with joy and possibility that is made only of your choosing. Our guest today, Katie Johnson, is here to share her own personal story with us about making the decision to sell her rings and step boldly into her life as a newly single woman. What I love about Katie's story is that it represents what's possible when we have the courage to take a risk, let the past go, and step into the unknown. Katie Johnson is a former magazine publishing exec turned stay-at-home mom turned writer and content creator. She started her blog and content brand, The Mother Octopus, in 2017, shortly before her divorce, which unexpectedly changed her life forever. Katie has also written for us here at Worthy, and we are so happy to have her here today to talk to us, our wonderful Worthy community. Thank you, Katie, so much for being with us here today and sharing your personal journey. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So let's start with you sharing with our audience a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Okay. So my name is Katie Johnson. I run The Mother Octopus, which is my blog, which kind of turned into all kinds of things. It started out as a blog and then turned into a content brand. And now I'm, I have a literary agent. So now I'm in the process of starting a book, which is a lifelong dream. Awesome. These are all things that, uh, you know, two and a half years ago were not on my radar at all. I was a stay-at-home mom and I was really unhappy. I just didn't really acknowledge it. I didn't want to acknowledge it. But about two years ago, my ex-husband, you know, came home, said he was really unhappy. And, you know, basically there was no shot at us working on things. So um, I went from one day just being really unhappy and thinking it was just going to be like that for the rest of my life to having a brand new life put in front of me for the good or the bad. And, And it's not easy. But I think if you can relate to my story, you'll see that kind of just trudging ahead and kind of keeping your chin up and believing there's more out there will get you through it. You know, it's so interesting. I just keyed into one thing you just said, which was, you know, you were so unhappy, but you just kind of figured that was just how it was going to be the rest of your life. And I think so many women can relate to that, that we just were so unhappy and we just kind of think that's it, right? Like that's just the way it's going to be. And we resign ourselves to living that way. Yeah. It's very interesting. I wrote a post on my Instagram account. Uh, I just recently moved in April and I wrote a post on my Instagram account the first night in my new home. And it was interesting because I had said something I'd been, you know, documenting a lot of my, my divorce, what I like to kind of call a divorce diary on my Instagram account. And I'd had a lot of great feedback from people. Um, and I wrote this post and I said something in it that resonated with so many people and it's something I always felt, but I had never said it before. And people 
I mean, we're just, I was getting so much feedback, so many DMs, so many emails, um, where I just said, you know, I would get up in the middle of the night, there was a little bathroom attached to our bedroom and I would get up to, you know, like go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and I would look out the window into the darkness over the neighborhood and I would just feel this immense sadness and this feeling of like loss that this was it for me. There was nothing else for me. You know, my ex-husband was sleeping in the bed. My kids were sleeping in their room. I had, for all I knew, every reason in the world to be happy and everything to look forward to. But I had this feeling that this was it for me. There was nothing else. This mm. was this was all that I had. And so many women reached out to me and they said, I'm, I feel the same way as you every day. And that was really crazy to me because I thought, how many of us, are going through the motions of what we think we're supposed to be doing, being married, being a mom, you know, having our careers, but still have this feeling of like dread that our lives are not, we're not really meeting our lives. We're not meeting our, you know, we're not fulfilling our true selves, not to get too philosophical, but um, there's just not, there's no passion being met. There's nothing to look forward to there. You're doing so much work every day for your family and for your marriage and you're just, you're so lost. You get so lost in it. And I think for me, that was the ultimate downfall in my marriage. I was, we, you know, you and I just had a conversation and you said you felt at one point like you were a shell of a person and, yeah. and that's what I was. That's what I had become. And I don't know how you keep yourself from becoming that, but that I think is probably what happens to so many women in their marriages that that's, you know, this puts us in these situations. Yeah. And I think what you're saying, I mean, it's a lot of, you know, just going through the motions, you know, you, it's like numbing out the pain so much that we end up just going through the motions of life and not really feeling anymore and living into it. You were saying our potential, you know, what we're here for each unique individual is here specifically for. Absolutely. So then you got divorced, right? And everything kind of started to change for you, it sounds like. Yeah. um, I mean, the timing of everything was really kind of crazy. Um, Right as my blog was kind of starting to take off, my marriage was crumbling. And so it was really an interesting situation for me to be like, wow, this huge dream of mine is coming true. I've always wanted to be a writer. I have a writing degree. And uh, as soon as I graduated college, I went into publishing and I was working on the business side. So I stopped writing. And, you know, that had been, you know, 16, 17 years that I hadn't written a single thing. And so, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden I'm getting this dream of mine that's coming true. But this other part of my life is completely dying away and crumbling. And, you know, I think there's a really interesting, I don't know if people saw the Lady Gaga documentary on, on Netflix, but oh, yeah. there's a moment in there where she says this, she has all these things that she's succeeding at, but there's one part in her life. It's her love life that it, it, it never seems to work out because she's sacrificing this, you know, these other, these other things for it. Um, yeah. but you know, that's neither here nor there, but anyway, so, you know, I started to get recognized and I started to get these jobs as a content creator. And I started submitting pieces to Scary Mommy and Babbel and HuffPost. And um, I was like, oh my gosh, I can do this. I can make money at this. Like I'm using my brain. I'm making people laugh. I'm helping people by sharing my story. People are telling me that I'm helping them, that I've 
I'm the bright spot in their day when they see a meme that I wrote that made mm. them, them laugh. So I was like, this is what I was meant to do. And it's so funny that I'm in so much pain for my divorce, but I'm also blossoming in this other area of my life that has been my lifelong dream, you know, way before I met my husband. Yeah. So I became part of this really important writer group who I'm really close to. Um, and that kind of leads me up to, you know, the next part of our story when I when I met Worthy and when I discovered Worthy, which totally changed my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a beautiful, you know, example or inspiration for allowing your pain to fuel you. Yeah. And it's hard too, because listen, the first time I ever went to a therapist was with my ex-husband. We had three, three sessions and a marriage counselor. And I, on our last session, I said, if he doesn't come back here with me to my counselor, I said, I'm keeping you like in this divorce because you're amazing and I'm going to come here. And I still see him today. <laughs> I, I absolutely, that. I absolutely love him. But you know, I discovered that I was clinically depressed for many years of my marriage. Mm. I'm probably still clinically depressed. I'm definitely on antidepressants now. So like, you know, you can crumble. There's people who go through this and they don't seek help. They don't have support groups. They don't try to lift themselves out of it or up from it. And I could see where that could so easily happen so easily because many days still two two years out I feel like how is this happening to me like what happened but it's a proactive thing you have to do to say nope there's definitely more out there for me there's something else that's why this is happening I believe it and it really makes all the difference yeah it's like a daily choice it's not like yeah. something just like lights on or switches on and then everything's great it's it's a right. choice you make every single day Right. And whatever it may be, you yeah. know, like I said, my writing career now is coming, you know, to a head and that's not something I would have ever had if I was still married. So I, I have to always remember that, like, maybe this is why it happened. Yeah. You know, maybe that's the reason why I don't believe in that. Like, you know, everything happens for a reason, but I think you, you have to tell yourself there is more out there so that you can keep looking ahead because there is, there always is, you know, no matter what the circumstance, there's always something, you know, there's something ahead that's meant, you mm -hmm. know, meant for you to get to. So I really believe that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so like you were saying, so then this part of your journey brought you to Worthy. So I'm excited yeah. to hear that. Yeah. So I'm in, a, I'm in this writer's group and we have an annual writer's retreat and we take turns going to kind of the hometown or near the hometowns of, um, you know, the other writers in the group. And this year we were going to Seattle and I, have been dying to go to the Pacific Northwest. I had never been out there. And, you know, the moment if you read my blog post that I wrote for Worthy, the, the moment that, you know, I flew into Seattle, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is what was waiting for me. I would have never been in Seattle if I was still married. I probably wouldn't be in the writer's group if I was still married. And when I was flying in, I was saying to myself, oh, my gosh, this place was waiting for me. And I could feel it. It sounds so hokey, but like, I could, I could feel it like something in my body just filling up mm, it's and, beautiful. and I had a great four days with my friends. We had a great time, but I knew immediately, like I have to be back here as soon as possible. And I don't know how or when, but it has to be done. It's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. So, you know, I, it was summer. My kids were going to be with my ex-husband with their dad for a couple weeks at a time. And I was like, I got to get some money together to get back out there. And I think, you know, with my, you know, my job as a content creator, 
I reached out to Worthy and I said, look, I have this ring. I don't have the attachment to it that a lot of women have. Going back out there is going to do much more for me than having this ring sitting on my dresser. And let's work together. I want to go out there. I want to sell my ring and use the money for a trip. And that's what we did. So for you, it was, you just knew. Like, oh. you had a, you had your why. Yeah, it really, I mean, I just think about it still, like that trip, every moment of that trip. I was totally alone. I went by myself. And I just think about it. Like, it was such a happy, it, it was such a happy time for me. That whole week, it was just magic. It was insane. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to dive into that too. So what was, well, let's talk about your process with Worthy just really quick and how that was for you. Okay. I've had so many people reach out to me and I can't, I, I don't have enough time to write back to everyone and say, here's all the reasons why you should do it. I at first was like, put my ring in the mail and just send it off to these people who I have no idea who they are. Yeah, Like it sounds kind of crazy, but I have never had more like one-on-one contact and more transparency working with anyone, even another like human being one-on-one. I mean, you know where your ring is every step of the way you have, you have your own private personal customer service people who are checking up on you, who are keeping you posted, who are letting you know what's happening with your ring. Now the package has just been opened, like messages like that, where you're like, okay, like this is legit. Like these this is the real deal. Yeah. People, people are looking out for me. This is not something where I need to be worried. And I think that for me, I was in the beginning, I was like, what am I going to do with this ring? I don't know what this is worth. I don't really even know what he paid for it in 2004. How am I supposed to know what it's worth now? And I say to a lot of women, even if that's the only information you get from Worthy, you can send them their ring. They'll grade it for you. And they give you all your options. They don't keep the, your ring. You know, yeah. they, here's your options. We can grade it for you, give you all the information and send it right back to you. And then you have the information that you need to take it wherever you want. It's about educating yourself too. Like they were really looking out for me every step of the way, even with, you know, uh, what they offered me for my ring versus what they thought I would, what it would get at the auction and the way that they kind of looked out for me to say, this is what you're going to get. If you want to ask more, if you want to ask less, you know, here's the percentage that you're going to get that. It was so helpful. And it was, I mean, I recommend it to absolutely everyone who I've talked to. Yeah. And I love what you're saying, because even if you decide not to do it, just the knowledge, you know, like, I remember that feeling of like having the ring and just, it almost felt like this heavy energy because I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how much it was worth. I was afraid to to like just bring it to a jewelry store. Right. And so, you know, just even having the knowledge of, okay, it's worth this, you know, I could get this. These are my options. I think that just, it, it gives you a sense of freedom, even if you choose that you're not ready. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you want to keep it for another 10 years, now you have this information that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Like, yeah. You yeah. Know, you know, really go door to door to jewelers and be like, here, right. can you trust those people? You know, it's, it's like I said, it's very transparent. You have no reason to believe that you're not getting the absolute best, you know, best advice from yeah. the company. And I really felt that way the whole time. It was amazing. And a lot of women, and you know, I felt even when I was beginning to write my piece while I was out there, you know, while I was out West, when I said I sold my ring and I took this trip, 
Some women may never want to sell their ring. Some women may want to hold on to it and give to their daughter or their son someday. Some women may say, that's irresponsible to take a trip with that money. You could have taken that money and invested it in something for your kids' futures. You know, it's very personal. Mm-hmm. And only you really get to decide. That's your ring. You know, that's something that was given to you. You get to decide how to use it best. For me, I would not have been giving that to my daughter one day. I just felt, like you said, there was a heaviness to it. I felt it would serve my family better by helping me to go on this trip because I would be in a better place mentally and emotionally instead of handing them something down that I felt like maybe didn't have the best energy tied to it. Yeah. And I think that's what I love about this whole process is it's really taking a a physical object and using it in a way that really allows you to step into your future in a way that is more aligned with you know, where you're going, you know, it's like, it gives you the chance to propel yourself forward. And I think, like you said, I mean, some people will choose to travel, some will invest, some will go to school, right? Right. There's a million things you can do, but you you have the choice. Yeah. I'm going to take a really quick break here. And when we get back, I'd love for you to just start talking about your choice, which was to travel. So- We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more from Katie Johnson. When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce, the most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. We're back with Katie Johnson and we are talking about her decision to sell her ring and really take the trip of a lifetime. So let's talk about the trip. I mean, you knew, right? So you already knew that you were selling the rings for this trip, right? Right. Yeah. And I sold it and I had the the trip kind of planned out. I had my plane tickets. I knew I was flying into Portland, Oregon and flying out of Seattle. So it was just in terms of where did I want to go in between, you know, those two dates and those two places. So it was really fun. I did go by myself, which I did not even think about for one second until a couple days before I left where my friends started to be like, wait, you're going by yourself. You know, that's a little crazy. And <laughs> and also it was right at the time that uh, there were a couple, I think, serial killers on the loose in the Pacific Northwest. So my friends were like, oh my God, I cannot believe you're doing this. We're so worried. You have to have us like, we need to have you on the GPS so we can see where you are. I invited them all onto my Life360 app so they could actually see where I was driving. Track you. <laughs> I know. Yeah, absolutely. They were like, okay, now we feel better. Um, but I was just like, oh yeah, I'm going. And I don't know even where I'm going, but I'm going to be out there and you know, I'll figure it out when I get out there. I actually did plan it ahead because I stayed in a bunch of, I stayed in a different Airbnb every night and I just drove and listened to my own music in the car. And I saw all these amazing new places 
And I just soaked it up as much as I could the whole time. But yeah, I went from Portland, Oregon to the southern coast of Oregon. I drove drove up the coast to Cannon Beach, which is where they filmed Goonies, which you always have to tell people that because then everyone was always like, oh my God, yes, I know exactly. Yeah. Immediately <laughs> calls to mind. Um, and then I drove to uh, the North Cascade Mountain Range in Washington State and I drove for, through there for a couple of days. Then I went up to the San Juan Islands, which are unbelievable and I got a speeding ticket for $225 which I still haven't told my parents about so hopefully they don't listen to this um, because they will be really disappointed in me I was very excited to get to the San Juan Island ferry that morning yeah and then I went from the San Juan Islands to Seattle for a night and that's when I and I came home the next day and it was just the whole time I just can't explain it I, I think some people would say you went to Portland, Oregon, instead of going to like Paris or, you know, uh, Barcelona or somewhere, you know, exotic and crazy like that. But after it's kind of like that feeling of when you fall in love with someone, when you look at them, you know, you know, Yeah. and that's what it was. I was like, I got to get back out there. And now I just, I, I do believe that once my kids are older, I will move out there. I'll live out there. It's funny how, when you know, you know about yeah. anything, right? Oh yeah. It was crazy. So did you have any fears before taking the trip, you know, besides the the active serial killers? <laughs> Were there any, you know, did any self-doubt come up or? Well, you know what? Like, I mean, if it was 20 years ago, probably. But, uh, you know, now I'm thinking I have GPS. I know I could just plug in an address and be there, you know, not be worried. I'm not worried about getting lost. I guess it's kind of like, um, you know, love is blind. I was just enamored with this place and I was going to go and do it. And I, there was nothing holding me back. I was not scared at all. I was just excited and I was going to go for it. I really didn't think of it, anything other than that. <laughs> I probably should have. Well, and it, it was two years after, yes, your divorce. Um, 10 months, a year, nine, uh, nine months. So, what was the trip emotionally like for you? I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, it was the trip of a lifetime, right? But right. having gone through my own divorce and remembering the roller coaster of emotions, right. Right. <laughs> did any of that surface throughout the trip? And, you know, cause you're on this journey by yourself. And I think really as a piece of a big piece of reinventing your right. life, right? Right. You know, without going too much in, in depth into my, you know, the name of my blog and the, you know, the, the symbolism there. And, but the mother octopus is in most species of, of octopuses, the female octopus dies after she, her, after her, her eggs hatch. And so I saw myself when I started to, when I started my blog as a mother octopus who was going to keep living. I was a mother octopus that kept living. Like I had my babies and yes, I felt something wasn't right. And I was, you know, quote unquote, dead in some ways, you know, there had been that loss of myself that I spoke about in the beginning, um, but I was going to keep living. So, you know, at the, when you come to the end of your relationship and now you're in this divorce, you just feel broken and you feel, you feel so, so many parts of yourself have suffered and are depleted now. And you see your life now, which this old life that you're leaving behind, which is now essentially, a, a, you know, you grieve it, you know, it's a yeah, death of yeah. sorts. And so, it was about just feeling alive again. I think for me, a lot of it, when I got back, I wrote a piece about feeling, you know, just feeling at home 
And I think it had more to do like feeling at home out there, not feeling like a stranger in these places, not feeling, I just felt even by myself, like I belonged in these places. I wasn't afraid to be in these places. I just felt like I belonged there. So, um, I think it was kind of this coming back to life for me, you know, these pieces that had felt so broken for such a long time, kind of being revived and believing in myself. I could do these things. Oh my gosh, look at this. Yeah. Look at what I can look at what I can give myself. Look at this experience I just gave myself and look at how amazing it's making me feel. And I'm the only one who could do this for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was so eye opening to me. Like, you know, you don't need anything else except, you know, your belief that you've got this. And the whole time I was out there, I didn't speak to people for like two days. I feel like at a time, like I wouldn't speak to an actual human. I mean, I would speak to friends on the phone and stuff, but like I wasn't exchanging words with people at all for like days. And I was totally fine with that. Like I was just by myself, just feeling all these feels. And it was awesome. I love that you say you felt like you were home out there because your story is really just this beautiful analogy for coming home to yourself. And I think like you said, so many of us think it's all outside of us. Like if I can just get the right, you know, partner or the right job or move to the right city, or then I'd be, I'd be okay. or I'd be happy. And really it's just this process of, looking and within yourself. And I think it's important for women. And, you know, we feel bad saying this and I, you know, I, my memes I write are edgy and they're the bad mom memes. You know, I'm not afraid to say that my kids make me crazy. (laughs) I'm not afraid to say that I like alone time away from my kids because I think not saying that is what made me sick. Yeah. In my marriage, I wasn't tending to myself at all. Um, and that's how I suffered. And so, you know, I didn't even feel bad that my kids weren't on this trip with me. I did. I missed them, but it was purely selfish. It was something I needed for me and women do not do that for themselves, especially, uh, to the extent that I did where you take a week to yourself and you're just gone. And I think it's so hard because before you met your husband, before you had kids, you were just yourself and you were just taking care of yourself and you were tending to yourself to make sure you were whole. And then suddenly you were, you're in all these different pieces and you don't feel, um, I mean, I feel like at least most women, certainly I didn't feel like a, a whole person anymore. Yeah. I think that's probably a safe assumption. I mean, it's, it's like we lose sight or lose connection. Yeah. So very deep and important parts of ourselves that, that I agree with you. They don't really need to be lost. You know, we right. can make these choices to, you know, stay connected to ourselves and, and right. care for ourselves, but it's a hard choice to make. I think, especially in our society. Yeah. And it's hard to say it. It's hard to say I need space from this. Yeah. I need space from this life that I've chosen. I need space from it because it's not always working for me. It's really hard and it's really, it's really draining and you can so easily just disappear. And I think so easily we let ourselves because it's hard to say that you're not supposed to say that you wanted to be a mom. You wanted to be a wife. You chose this life. This is what you've got. You can't say it's hard. You can't say you're not feeling good because of it you're not allowed to say that, you know, so it's hard for women to speak up and do these things for themselves that they 
probably really need to do. Well, and I love that you're giving women permission, right? Just by you being willing to be the one who says these things that we're all feeling, that we all want to say, the fact that you can put it out there, I mean, just in the act of that, you're giving women permission not only to connect with their feelings of it, but then maybe even to say it themselves. Right. And I mean, uh, listen, I'm lucky. My experience, my situation is that my ex-husband is a great dad. I don't worry about my kids when they're with him. I don't have to worry about them. I'm in the position where I'm able to do this kind of thing where I could take this trip. But it doesn't have to be this. It doesn't have to be to this extent for women. You know what I mean? If you need to call up a friend and say, listen, I need two hours this afternoon to myself. I got to go get a pedicure and get my hair done. I need two hours. You got to ask for it. You know, it doesn't have to be a trip across the country for a week. It can be something little. It could be something once a month. It could be a girl's night out, something that you commit to giving yourself because you will feel better from it and you know, you will feel better from it and you deserve it. And you don't need to deprive yourself because you feel others just expect you to do it. It's really hard. Yeah. So it's hard to ask for it, but you need to. Such a power, right? Like when you learn how to ask for help, (laughs) it's like you just the freedom. And, you know, I think that we don't ask for help because we think we're going to seem weak. But then when you learn to ask for help, you realize not only how freeing it is, but how powerful it feels to be able to access help. Right. And I think it's funny, um, you know, my friends and I, we, we write these memes, these writers groups, and you wouldn't think that writing these jokes that people see on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and things like that um, are really making an impact other than making somebody laugh because they're relatable. But it's that voice of saying, this is hard. My kids are ridiculous. Uh They are sucking the life out of me, you know, and putting a, a humorous spin on it. That's something I think a long time ago, you wouldn't have found mothers or wives or women saying. So I think that there's that little voice that we've kind of put out there. And, you know, we all get these messages from women saying, those are my exact thoughts and feelings. And I can't believe you're putting them in, you know, into words like this for me. It's so relatable. And I think it's because, you know, we, we make it funny, but people are afraid to say these children are making me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I love what you guys are, what you're doing. <laughs> well, this has been amazing. <laughs> And way too short. (laughs) It did go by fast. I know. It always does. Where can our listeners follow up with you? Um, I'm on Instagram at The Mother Octopus. I'm on Facebook at The Mother Octopus. And I'm on Twitter. Um, And if people wanted to come see me there, that would be great because I'm not the best at Twitter. (laughs) I need all the interaction I could get. Um, But I believe my handle on Twitter is uh, Mother Octopus KJ. Awesome. And I am so excited for your continuing journey and reading your book when you (laughs) complete it. And we're going to have to have you back on when when that uh, comes out and we'll talk about the book. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for being here. And thank you, Worthy Community, for listening. We'll see you next week. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. 
This podcast is for you. So email us at podcastworthy.com with any questions or ideas that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you.